gonna be just like senior year, except for funner. Hey guys, I'm Kendra. Hi everyone, I'm Mercedes, and this week we're talking about one of the most iconic movies of our generation, Mean Girls. I can't even believe we're talking about this movie, Mercedes. I have so much to tell you. But first, we got to kick it off with our celebrity crush of the week. Tell me, Mercedes, who are you crushing on this week? And it better be someone new. (laughs) Well, just FYI, it is not someone new. And you know what? It takes a lot of strength for me to not mention Mr. Nico Haraga every week. Because let me tell you, he is my crush every week. Every and week. every week I'm scurrying to find somebody else. I'm like, who? who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? I have little older crushes, but, you know, he's the big one. He sticks in my mind. And I just have to shout him out. I just had to. Who's yours? You know, it's so funny, Mercedes, because it's like we're not in middle school anymore where, like, every week we actually did have a new crush. Like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm I'm 30 now. Like, I have standards. So whoever I have a crush on is because they meet those standards. And that's really hard to find because, you know, most men mm-hmm. out here are not trying to put in any effort. It's rough out here. It's rough out here. So if I have a crush on someone, it's because they bring some sort of, like, I don't know, because they, they check off all the boxes, right? So it's hard yeah. to, like, think of a new person every single week. But I will have to say, I try to think of what movie or TV show I I watched that week and then just try to draw from there. So I'm currently in Amsterdam in the Netherlands. And on my way here, I watched the movie Belfast on the plane. And I have to say my celebrity crush of the week is Colin Morgan, who most people probably know from the the show Merlin. And it's so funny because when he was in Merlin, he was just like the scrawny little whatever. But then he was in Belfast and he's like a man now with a beard and like a deep voice. And I'm like, hello, Colin, where have you been all my life? Hello, Colin. (laughs) Hello, Colin. Yeah, with the beard (laughs) and the Northern Irish accent. I'm all about it. So he's my celebrity. Exactly. Okay, guys, we are talking about Mean Girls. This is insane. I mean, I feel like this is one of the movies I have seen the most out of every movie in the world, right? Is that the same for you as it is? Definitely. Like when you said it defined our generation, that's an understatement. Like rewatching this to prepare for today's episode, I could say every single word of every line in this movie the entire like hour and 42 minutes that it is <laughs> oh it's the best it's the most quotable thing ever all right guys we're gonna move into the tldr i'm just gonna recap this movie for anyone who hasn't seen it or hasn't seen it in a long time just a warning there are spoilers ahead and if you haven't seen it you can stream it on paramount plus okay So after being homeschooled in Africa for the past 12 years, Katie Heron, played by Lindsay Lohan, is thrust into the world of public high school. She immediately gets a crash course on her first day when a series of mishaps and misunderstandings happen. Thankfully, though, she soon befriends Janice and Damien, played by Lizzie Kaplan and Danielle Franzese, respectively. Now, I can't say Janice and Damien are the best influences on a new student, but Katie was desperate for friends. So Katie is unexpectedly noticed and shown kindness by the most popular girls in school, Regina, Gretchen, and Karen, played by Rachel McAdams, Lacey Chabert, and Amanda Seyfried, who are also known as the Plastics. Yeah, and she's noticed by them at lunch and is invited to join their group. Now, Janice and Damien are totally on board from day one as they seek revenge for some past middle school drama. We've all had it before. Now, Katie isn't on board, though, until she uncovers how manipulative Regina can be when she takes back her ex-boyfriend, who Katie started to develop feelings for, named Aaron Samuels, played by Jonathan Bennett, who is still beautiful, by the way. The three devise a plan to ruin Regina's life, but in the process, Katie actually loses herself. She falls into the high school world of popularity, superficiality, and drama, and that ultimately destroys the only genuine friendship she's made. Everything comes to a head when Regina, just being the manipulative person that she is, she releases the burn book 
And that's a book that the plastics made where they write mean comments about all the girls in their year in order to get back at Katie. And once she discovers her plot to destroy her, when everyone thinks that it was Katie who started all the drama, she's right back to where she started. Absolutely friendless. It's really sad, actually. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting too because there's like a shot where she's eating alone in the bathroom and towards the end, she's eating alone in the bathroom again. Mm -hmm. Um, But of course, it wouldn't be a rom-com if redemption wasn't right around the corner. Katie makes amends at prom, repairs her friendships with Janice and Damien, and even ends up winning Aaron Samuel's heart. The good part about all the drama was that the plastics ceased to exist and everyone walked into their senior year of high school just a better person. This is a 2004 film written by actress Tina Fey, and it was based on the book Queen Bees and Wannabes by author Rosalind Weissman. And it was directed by Mark Waters, who also directed Freaky Friday and Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. My goodness, we got a lot to talk about. I was looking up industry facts for this, and I think it would have taken me like two hours to read everything. It was so much, right? Okay, tell me what your favorite one was. Oh my gosh. So my favorite one is that the costume designer, Mary Jane Fort, actually went these great lengths to research and like capture the moment of the early 2000s. She read Mm. magazines. She went through like thousands of U.S. high school yearbooks mm-hmm. and just made the plastics a little more glam than the average high schooler. Like the mini skirts, the high heels every day. It's super intense. It's a little kind of like, you know how the pretty little liars girls always get made fun of wearing like business casual to school. That's what <laughs> yeah. it reminds me of. But in like, <laughs> it's like that whole, the internet word, the bimbofication of it all. It's so, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so good. And I just love the detail in it. But you know what's so crazy is this movie came out the same year that last week's episode came out, 13 Going On 30. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy because I feel like when I watch 13 Going On 30, that's like a time capsule. Like that, I'm thrown back into 2004. I watch Mean Girls. I'm like, their outfits are still cute. Like I would wear those today. And it's so... Yeah, they look awesome. Yeah, they look amazing. Yeah, (laughs) they they look so good. And it's just, I think it's the confidence that like they carry themselves walking down the hall. You're like, Mm -hmm. yeah, those girls have power. (laughs) Yeah, mm-hmm. they really do. So I'm like, honestly, big ups to the costume designer because it's crazy that it's 2022 and I'm still like, oh, wow, they look really cute, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so fun fact, this was Amanda Seyfried's very first film and this was Lindsay Lohan's first non-Disney film. And this was the first film that Tina Fey wrote. So a lot of firsts with this movie. And it's crazy, too, how how impactful it was when this was like a first for so many people in it, mm-hmm. right? It still stays with us today. <laughs> It's major and it's a staple. And the fact that like Lindsay Lohan had to venture into like his non-Disney space with this movie, Mm -hmm. it's wild. I feel like every Disney star has had that moment or that movie where they're like, okay, I'm done with Disney. I'm going to go super far to the other side to show you that I'm not Disney more like Zendaya with Euphoria, right? Or (laughs) even Miley Cyrus, like the way that they venture out of the Disney world has to be so intense. It does. Like, so they won't, they're like, do not ever associate me with Disney ever again. Exactly. (laughs) So I read this funny fact that uh, Tina Fey actually cast Jonathan Bennett as Aaron Samuels because she thought he looked like Jimmy Fallon. And you know, like everyone on the SNL team was in this movie, like Tim Meadows and Amy Poehler. (laughs) It's so funny. I love Jimmy Fallon. He's another person I really, he's going to be my my crush of the week probably next week. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Ooh, planning ahead, planning ahead. Planning ahead. Yeah. I have some thoughts on Aaron Samuels, but I'll I'll keep yeah. them for later. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting thing about Disney stars going to the complete opposite end of the pendulum. So Lindsay was originally cast as Regina instead of Katie, but she was worried that the public would think she was actually like her character, like similar to her oh, character. No. So she elected to play Katie instead. Isn't that so interesting? I mean, it would have been such a vast difference. Like we know this girl mm-hmm. as the parent trap. You yeah. Know? 
Yeah. And like confessions of a teenage drama queen, which I completely <laughs> relate to. Yeah. Um, so to see her as like a bully would totally change because none of those Disney girls ever become like the villain in a movie, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I can't even yeah. think of my gosh. I know. Oh, my gosh. Did you know that Rachel McAdams made this movie and The Notebook back to back? Are you serious? Yes. Like, yeah. Right after one was done, the next yeah. day she started. And they both came out in 2004. That's right. Can 2004 like, was a year for movies. It was a major year for movies. <laughs> yeah. And like the range that woman has to mm. go from Regina George to The mm-hmm. Notebook. Yeah. I'm always surprised when I think about it. I will say the Rachel McAdams is a phenomenal actress. The only thing she's ever done that was not the best, and this was not her fault by any means, was the second season of True Detective. That was just not. I never saw that. <laughs> Good season. I never saw that. I'm pretty sure that the president of HBO like released an apology for how bad it was. Like, <laughs> but that's the only thing that she has not just completely shown up in a role for. She is an amazing dynamic actress and I really enjoy watching her every time I see her. I love yeah. About Time. That's going to be a future episode. It's so good. It's so good. All right, guys, we're going to move into Time Capsule. We're saying that I just like to recall where we were when we first watched the show, who we were crushing on, all that good stuff. I definitely saw this in theaters. Like middle school was the year that I was finally allowed to go to the movies alone, like just with friends without my parents being there. And I know I saw this with my good friends at the time because everyone was talking about it. Like it has always been cool. I still say quotes from it today. Same. <laughs> Same. Sometimes it's, so it's just like We're... so instinctual. Like you can't even tell mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're just saying it. And yeah. You keep, like, you, I don't even catch us. myself. <laughs> exactly. I always say, Danny DeVito, I love your work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> say crack again. Crack. <laughs> <laughs> Where were you, Mercedes, when you first saw this? So I didn't see this till a couple of years after it came out because I was eight years old when it came out. So I was a little young mm-hmm. and I actually saw it when I was 10 at a birthday party and it was a big mm-hmm. sleepover birthday party. And I remember thinking Gretchen Wieners was the coolest girl because she was the only brunette. So I was like, OK, I'm Gretchen Wieners. And I was just like, she is the coolest person ever, even when she's stressed out. And she's like, we should totally just stab Caesar. Yeah. I, I just loved her. And I remember I was wearing an all camo and denim outfit, like a denim miniskirt with a camo ruffle at the bottom and like mm-hmm. a long sleeve camo shirt with a denim vest on top. And I thought I looked so cool. And I was like, the plastics would love me. <laughs> anytime i copy someone i always go to that line i saw regina george wearing arm pants and flip-flops so i bought arm pants and flip-flops exactly <laughs> that's so funny so okay 2004 again was just such an important year in my life because i started middle school and just i had all of these feelings for people so last week i talked about wesley who just broke my heart but obviously it's middle school. And like I said in the beginning, we had a crush on a different person every week, or at least I did. I just moved on very quickly from him. So I had a huge crush on my neighbor, Marcus. He lived down the street from me and we used to do everything together. But he never liked me in that way because he would always talk to me about the girls that he liked. Like, I've always been that friend that guys feel comfortable talking to about the girls that they actually like. And I'm yeah. over here like, well, I like you. And <laughs> you notice me, please. <laughs> but we'd ride the bus together. In seventh grade, he moved away. But I kept in touch with him through, like, the rest of middle school and high school, which was pretty impressive because this was before Instagram and TikTok, obviously. Like, we just had MySpace. But we remained friends, like, all through high school. And I still talk to him every once in a while. I know. I He's- like that. He's all over my middle school diary. (laughs) Who'd you have a crush on? So I don't remember my crush. I was eight years old when this movie came out. I was in second grade. 
But I do have something Mean Girls related that's a little story that I'll never forget because I think about it anytime I watch this movie. Mm -hmm. And it's actually just so weird. I knew this girl in in middle school and high school who would Mm -hmm. watch this movie every single day during class, like just take out her laptop in classes where laptops weren't really allowed. Like, I don't know, like in 2010 (laughs) when laptops weren't really like regularized in Mm -hmm. classrooms. She would just take it out and start watching it on her iTunes. And she tried to emulate and mimic Regina George for about three years of school. What? And in, yes, like she she watched it every single day. She wanted to be Regina George. So in turn, she was incredibly rude to everyone, teachers and students. She was never directly cruel to me, but she mm-hmm. was terrible to a couple of my friends and just said the rudest things. So anytime I think of Regina George, I think of her. You know, it's just it's crazy because that's this movie so influential and it has such an impact. But this is the dark side of that impact. It's yeah. Young, impressionable people people being like i need to be just like this person who's a power hungry mean girl wow it's wild that's so interesting too because that was not my first thought when i watched this movie at that age i was like i'm so happy i'm more like katie because i don't i don't know i was just like obviously they villainize being a bully which i'm glad that they did but that didn't stop people from being a bully but i just remember thinking like i'm so happy i feel more like the innocent, like blissfully ignorant Katie in this than Regina. Because Regina was just so, it was the way that she could manipulate anything. Anything in her life she could manipulate. And I was just like, that is, that takes work. Like that comes from a deeper place. (laughs) Yeah. And this is exactly what this girl did. Like she, she really tried to emulate that. She dyed her hair blonde to just look just like her. She would wear like Victoria's Secret pink all the time. It was very intense yeah but the dedication you know is commendable (laughs) (laughs) all right guys it's time for the rom cup hall of fame we love this movie we love this movie and we love this movie but we have to roast it because this is an old movie and a lot does not age well i have a few uh regina uses the r slur just like so casually and a lot a lot and i'm just like "Mm, can we can we not (laughs) can we not do that i think too like there's a whole storyline with coach Carr, like disgusting sleeping with underage students and it's just so bad in this age where we're talking about sexual harassment and abuse and and everything it hurts right now yeah it's hard to find humor around actual crime Mm. and predators like that And I don't know, even the line Coach Carr step away from the underage girls, it's Mm -hmm. supposed to be such a comedic line. But every time I just cringe because it just makes my skin crawl. I hate Coach Carr. He is vile. He's worse than any bully in this movie. Can I ask you something about that, Mercedes? Because I've been thinking a lot about how I feel like the art of comedy is, is slowly dying. And it kind of started with Will Smith slapping Chris Rock at the Oscars and then Dave Chappelle got attacked. And I feel like a lot of people are starting to take the stance of like comedy is not like not everything is meant to be made fun of. You can't turn everything into comedy. So just like with you saying that it was hard, it's hard to find crime funny. Do you feel that way a bit? Like comedy is starting to be policed a lot. I think with this specifically, it's predatory crime, you know, so that's like that rubs me the wrong way, especially. I think I was actually having a similar conversation with my friends about this last night. We're mm-hmm. like, the number one thing is to never punch down. And I think a lot of the people who mm-hmm. get criticized are punching down. And I also think the Internet has made it so there's no gray area. You're either yeah. right or you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And people 
want to police that and tell you if you're right or wrong. It's not yep. really up to you. And you lose all autonomy in that conversation when you are finally being criticized. 100%. Um, and I mean, some people it's incredibly valid and other people it's kind of just wrong time, wrong place and mm -hmm. out of context. Yeah. You know, it's such a tricky situation and it's so nuanced and people want to make it such an easy answer that you can't. Comedy is always going to be different and people find humor in different things. And a lot of humor is made as like a battle against any type of trauma for people. You know, yeah. there are so many comedians who make their trauma into humor as a coping mechanism. And that's mm -hmm. so good for them. And that's their outlet to really release this from them. Mm -hmm. And that's such a positive thing. And I don't know, it's just so individual, too, because then other people might find that triggering, but then other people might find community and people talking about it. Yeah, so it's exactly. hard to answer that. It is hard. And I, I'm, I'm glad that you attempted to, to answer it. Like, I just think, too, us as rom-com lovers, it really does change the way that we view rom-coms, right? Because mm -hmm. we have to have this section because we do have to talk about what doesn't age well in each movie because we used to be conditioned like the same type of humor was regurgitated over and over. And we would laugh. But like looking back right now, it's like, that wasn't funny. That was never funny. And it's really changing. It's really changing the rom-com space, right? So I'm wondering if movies are even going to start leaning more towards the rom and less about the com, you know, just with everything happening. I don't so, know. If they do, then they need a lot more better chemistry than we've been getting. <laughs> you know, like if you're really going to lean into the calm, then you better be leaning into the chemistry. Um, another thing that happens with this humor, too, is the casual racism in this movie mm -hmm. is something I definitely didn't recognize when I was 10 and I watched. Mm -hmm. But now, like the more you watch it, the more certain comments just stick with you because you're like, oh. Why was that even necessary? Mm. And it's not even like a really good punchline anyway. I was like, oh, that didn't have to be there. Yeah, exactly. Something that I really don't like about this movie. So statistically, most Americans cannot name five countries in Africa. And I feel like this movie really perpetuates that because she just says that she spent 12 years in Africa. Cool. Africa is made up of like 54 countries. Where where were you? And like whenever she talks about it, you see pictures of like, lions and, and and giraffes and stuff like that and it's just so annoying because we have this antiquated idea in our heads as americans of what africa is like exactly and africa is a continent just for the record just want to make sure we put it out there <laughs> africa is a continent there are different countries in africa and so i think it just always bothers me how they just kind of talk about it in a general way because i'm first generation right so both of my parents were born and raised in different countries in africa and so i just hate how the just how they go about it too. Like you remember in the beginning when she sees a black person, she's like, Jumbo, like just assuming that she would understand. And that was also triggering too, because there are so many black Americans that have had their, their history completely erased because erased. of slavery. And so they have no idea what countries in Africa their, their ancestors are from. So there's a, there's a lot to unpack there as well. Definitely. <laughs> That's so important to bring up. <laughs> um, my last critique is really just, again, coming back to this whole discussion of humor is mm -hmm. so much of this movie is about creating humor out of like the psychological warfare that is being a teenage girl. Mm -hmm. And this movie really is psychological warfare and it shows it in such mm -hmm. an elevated way. And a lot of my critiques are actually necessary for this movie to work and why it's so iconic. Like mm -hmm. all bullying and insults are what make this movie what it is. But it also perpetuates this narrative that teen girls hate each other. And I don't like that because I'm just, I've said this before. I'm a girl's girl. Unless somebody says something so idiotic that I'm, I won't support you. But I don't know. I think this resolution at the end doesn't really feel fulfilling to me. 
because hmm. breaking the tiara isn't very fulfilling to me. I don't know the symbolism with it. I'm like, okay. And then at the end, when they all go their separate ways, I'm like, okay, so who had character development here? Katie realized that she had good friends to begin with. Uh, Regina is just a bully on a different field <laughs> now, <laughs> just not in the classroom. <laughs> Gretchen Wiener's still a bully, just with a different clique. Yeah. And it's, it's stuff like that where I'm like, oh, okay, so what did we learn from these girls, really? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. But do you also feel like that's kind of real life, too, though, Mercedes? Because a lot of us don't learn those lessons until we get to college and we start meeting people from different walks of life. And it's the way that they look at you. Right. So just this is a completely unrelated example. But I just knew I know one of the moments that I felt like I grew the most was I loved the Jonas Brothers all through high school, obsessed with them, could not stop talking about them. And I remember going to college being like, I shouldn't talk about the Jonas Brothers here because I'm in college now with like 22 year olds. Like they're not going to they're not going to want me to talk about the Jonas Brothers and stuff like that. So it took me having that experience to learn like, hey, I need to mature. I need to grow up. And I'm curious, would you give these characters some grace in that regard that like they're still in high school, they're seniors? Like a lot of us don't learn those lessons. Yeah. Until later. Yeah. I mean, definitely like they are teens. I just think like there's no real resolution. I think that's my main critique. I'm like, okay, so what are we learning from these girls? Like (laughs) blatant bullying is bad, but also, I don't know. There's so many forms that those that that can take. Mm -hmm. So there's there's a lot. There's a lot. (laughs) Exactly. I don't like the whole narrative that girls just hate other girls for being girls (laughs) you know yeah and just the fakeness that goes with it too you know I feel like maybe that was a time period I don't that's not how it is anymore right I've heard no yeah I've heard from students like in middle school now from my church and stuff like bullying is not really a thing because they understand mental health because it's being talked about now and they know how bad that can be in the long run for someone and I love that I wish that was the case for (laughs) for me when I was younger yeah I think these conversations are important. Yeah. And I can't really speak on bullying directly because it never happened to me directly. I mean, I've had like my like mean comments thrown my way, but nothing intense before. Mm -hmm. So I don't have a lot of direct experience with it. So I think that's another thing, like seeing them so cruel and being like, that's how teen girls are. Yeah. I'm like. Are they? Are I, they? <laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't know them like that. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. No, that's interesting. You know, we do have a lot to roast about this movie, but this is also one of the most quotable movies oh, ever. And there's so there's like some of the lines are so funny. So I just have to tell you my favorite quote <laughs> in the movie is it's like right in the beginning. This yeah. one just always gets me. So it's Tim Meadows. <laughs> and he's like, I have a nephew named Anthony. And I know how mad he gets when I call him Anthony. Almost as mad as I get when I think about the fact that my sister named him Anthony. It's so, like, unnecessary to the plot, but it's so perfect. Yes, exactly. I don't know, because to me, that's like the very first super funny line that I just crack up Mm -hmm. at in the movie. Because it's like, that was so random. Like, yeah, (laughs) I had to look it up because I always thought it was Anthony. Like, no, it's Anferny. Like, Anferny? I didn't know it was spelled that way. (laughs) Either I had to look it up. (laughs) What is your favorite line? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So my favorite line is, Oh, my God. I love your skirt. Where did you get it? Uh, It was my mom's in the 80s. (gasps) Vintage. So adorable. Thanks. (laughs) 
That is the ugliest effing skirt I've ever seen. And I have so many favorite lines, but this take yes. the cake because it had such an impact on me. Like for years, I would question any compliment I would get because I was like, oh my God. And it just, I think it symbolizes my anxiety so well where mm. somebody tells me one thing and then my anxiety is just like, actually they're lying and yeah. you're dumb. <laughs> it's like going all the way because you want to give off that perception of being nice, but it's, you're not. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of effort. Oh, okay, Mercedes. So if this movie popped up on your Tinder feed, would you swipe left or would you swipe right? I'm forever swiping right. It's mm -hmm. iconic. It adds such a strong cultural impact and still to this day does. People from a range of ages can quote it. And I think mm -hmm. that's so commendable. Even the most basic lines become memorable. And that's mm -hmm. what makes it so special. Yeah. And like I said, teen girl psychological warfare. It is truly a war film. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I agree. I'm swiping right. Right. I also I really hope one day to like show this movie to my children and have them be like, Mom, is that how you guys used to treat each other? Because they just have no idea because yeah, it's not like that for them anymore. I want that to be a reality yeah. for, for kids coming up. <laughs> It'll be like us watching like the Rat Pack movies and be like, yeah, that exactly. Like high <laughs> <laughs> That's how it was. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite part. We're saying we're moving over to couples therapy. We're saying this and I because we are experts. We like to give dating advice from the characters on how they can improve their relationship. So I think it's funny because I don't consider this movie a rom-com, actually. I know we're talking about it in the rom-com room, <laughs> but I don't consider this movie a rom-com. It's definitely Same. more calm than rom. And I just feel like Katie and Aaron are definitely just a high school relationship. Like oh, there's definitely. there's no substance there. There's nothing. There's no foundation there. There's nothing substantial. It's just uh, you're in high school and you're cute and you're popular and this is who I'm going to like. So I would say for them, my advice would just be to have fun with it. You know, see each other on the weekends, do that whole thing, hang out, get to know each other, but don't take it too seriously. They're both still blossoming into who they're becoming. And so it's OK if you go your separate ways because that's life. It's okay if you're just going through life still figuring out who you are. You grow apart. That's that's what it is. You're meant to explore other people as well as yourself, and that's totally normal. So that's my advice for Aaron and Katie. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, the, the love story in this movie is really just with Katie and her own self and mm -hmm. finding a sense of self within this whole new world that she's being thrown into and yeah. learning how to, like, cultivate relationships with people, whether it be romantic or platonic friendships and like you said these are teens the stakes are so low for katie and aaron i think my advice for katie would just be to reflect on her priorities which she does by the end and really recognize what and who is important to her she also needs to remember to never change herself to win the attention of a guy she doesn't need to dumb herself down just to talk yeah. to aaron and also in my opinion Aaron Samuels is not cute. And hot I'm sorry, Aaron Samuels. Hot take. Hot take. <laughs> you do not look sexy with your hair pushed back, Aaron. <laughs> like, this is an average looking dude, which it makes it so much more realistic to high school because you yeah. had any like real hotties at their high school. I know I didn't. <laughs> yeah. No, me either. But the thing is, Aaron was high school hot. That was the thing. Like, there are so many guys I had a crush on in high school that I look back on. I'm like, they are, I've seen, I have traveled the world. I have seen some of the most beautiful men ever. Yeah. And these guys from high school do not even. They're not even compared to their freaking fingernails. Like, exactly. so I think he was high school hot, you know, like he was just compared to everyone else. He was the cutest, but he may not yeah. be cute. I get I get that. But it's still a hot take. I think he's adorable. Compared <laughs> to like all the other people in her calculus class, he's the cutest guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Those are the Marymount boys. <laughs> so in terms of like their 
love language. I feel like Katie's is definitely quality time. She even yeah. went so far as to fail calculus so that Aaron could tutor her so they could spend more time together. And even at her party, she just wanted to sit in her bedroom and talk with him. So I think that's really interesting that Katie gives quality time. That's like how she shows love. And I feel like with Aaron, it's definitely physical touch. Like, I don't know if you notice how handsy he is with with Regina. And like, he's a very touchy-feely person. And I feel like it's more seen, like I said, more seen through his relationship with Regina. Like the part where he leans in to kiss her and she's like, oh, lip gloss. Like at the Mm -hmm. holiday thing. And then also too, when Katie gives her foot cream, to, as like a face cream yeah. and like the second she sits down he's like kissing her and I'm like gosh Erin can you wait till she's like all the way in her seat before like yeah <laughs> like, like, face smells like peppermint <laughs> she says she was half a virgin when she met him <laughs> <laughs> definitely physical touch there yeah a lot um, of physical touch <laughs> I agree with you Katie definitely needs quality time you see all the friends she makes and how much she always wants to hang out with Aaron it's all through spending time with these people mm-hmm. and she becomes obsessed with like winning the attention of Regina even though she also hates her at the same time mm-hmm. and that all comes from quality time like oh give me all of your attention when we're together yeah And I think she gives acts of service because no other type of love language would make such a mess just to seek revenge to get Aaron from Regina. You know, like that is that's a toxic acts of service. That is very toxic acts of service. All right. So I, I touched on this a little bit, but do you think this couple lasts in five years? No, Aaron is in college by the end. Katie needs mm-hmm. to break up with him. Like, girl, you're a senior. Break up with that college boy. Yeah, I don't even think they last through Aaron's entire, like, first semester away at college. No, like... they're there till fall break. <laughs> till fall they break. break. <laughs> like, no one should be taking this relationship seriously is what I think. Like, I don't think anyone can know if a high school relationship is going to work. And that's why it's always a shock when they do, because... There are so many factors against you. When you tell someone, yeah, we've been together since high school, you're like, oh my God, you've been together since high school? That's why that's always a reaction because it's like, these were completely different people. Hopefully you were completely different people back then. And so the fact that you guys have been able to move through life and grow together and you're still together, that's amazing. Like that's- It's so impressive. impressive. And it takes a lot of understanding and patience, I'm sure. (laughs) Exactly. Okay, so the Met Gala was this week and there was a whole bunch of buzz around Kim Kardashian wearing Marilyn Monroe's dress. And I yeah. feel like every time we do the heartthrob section, I always want to be like, heartthrob. Like, <laughs> I just want to whisper like Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> but you have okay. to tell me, Mercedes, who in this movie are you taking home and introducing to your friends and family? Damien. He would be such a <laughs> fun friend to have. He's so funny and he's so dramatic. So he totally relates to me. And I think yeah. he'd be a really sweet friend. He's a little more gentle than Janice is with his approach. Mm. Yeah. And he's just so sweet. So I'd love to bring him. I think he'd be really fun to go dancing with and just have a fun time. I agree. I agree. I love Damien, but I am 100% bringing home Aaron just because <laughs> one of my favorite lines is what Regina's like, all he cares about is school and his mom and his friends. And I'm like, yeah. Oh my God, wait. <laughs> he seems like he's a morally good person. And that's boring <laughs> to me and Regina. No. <laughs> I love that right like we're on this search for just quality men and you're telling me like wait he cares about his family and his friends and his school like the things are actually important like truly the bar the bar is so low (laughs) so he cares 
He has basic empathy for the people in his life who are important. <laughs> Mercedes, so let me tell you. So this happened yesterday. I do this series on my TikTok page where I show like my different attempts to date because I'm not on dating apps, but obviously like I still want to be in a relationship. And so here in the Netherlands, especially Amsterdam, it's like the bike capital yeah. of the world. Everyone bikes everywhere. And so I was like, you know what? I have a bunch of like tissues in my bag and I have a pen so I wrote this note on a tissue and just like left on a bunch of people's bikes <laughs> I was like oh and literally the note said if you are a guy and you're nice and single please dm me and I left my instagram handle but I was like looking I was like my bar is so low I'm literally just asking if you're nice and single like that's <laughs> has anyone dm'd you no <laughs> they're going to okay. I hope so I hope so all right guys we're gonna play Mary smooch goes so Mercedes we have Aaron Damien and Kevin Deport. Oh my gosh. I think I would marry Kevin. He's so funny. I love Kevin. He is he, he's just like, um, he is actually, funny. I'm not, you're not really my type to Katie. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> respect. <laughs> That's so funny. The corny confidence that Kevin Deport yeah. has, does it kind of remind you of, of Shake from Love is Blind season two? No, no. That to me is like toxic. Like Shake made it very evident that he was only attracted to white women in like the cruelest, most rude way and most offensive way to, I forget the name of the woman he was engaged to. Oh gosh. I, <laughs> that man is terrible. He's one of the worst in reality TV history. <laughs> he is. I was just talking about like his corny confidence. Like it just gave me that. Oh, I no. just got <laughs> No, I think Kevin Napore is like sweet and like mm -hmm. funny. So you're ghosting Aaron Samuels? Yeah, I'm ghosting Aaron. Samuels. Oh wow. Okay, okay, okay. Actually, Mercedes, I want you to guess who who I'm gonna what I'm gonna say. I think you're gonna marry Aaron. I think you're gonna smooch Damien, and I think you're gonna ghost Kevin. Ah, I'm actually going to. You're right. I'm gonna marry Aaron. Love my love my Aaron boy. I'm gonna smooch Kevin. <laughs> Because <laughs> oh he's so, I feel like he would make me laugh, uh, and I'm gonna ghost Damien because he's gay anyways. So it's like it, it would have, have a chance. <laughs> a little smooch, just a little for smooch. fun. <laughs> exactly. Before we close it out, guys, we always love to bring in a pop culture moment. So I just love that Lindsay Lohan is making a comeback. I feel like that makes me really happy, just because she was such a big part of my childhood. I know she kind of went off the deep end a little bit. But she recently came out with an interview in Vanity Fair where she walks us through her most iconic roles. And she just looked healthier and livelier. And I just feel like the last time I saw her, do you remember that viral video that came out where she's like trying to kidnap some homeless couple's child yes, in like some Middle Eastern country that. or something? Yeah, yes. that was concerning. Very concerning. Yeah. But I'm happy that it seems like she's further away from that now. Right. Yeah. I loved seeing her Vogue video where she went through like her most iconic looks and like red carpet looks, costumes, mm -hmm. and like told the story behind them and how much she like loved her costumes from Freaky Friday and stuff. Like Wait, that. was that Vogue? I thought it was Vanity Fair. That's literally what I'm talking about. I'm literally oh my gosh. We're yeah, talking about the Vogue. same thing. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Vanity Fair Vogue got it. Okay, it was Vogue. Just kidding. That was great. She also just started a new podcast called The Lowdown. And I just kind of like that because it's like low in the lowdown. Um, and I may give it a listen. Yeah, we yes. <laughs> My little pop culture tidbit is that we 
the rom-com room, are officially three-fourths done with the Ariana Grande Thank You Next music video cinematic universe. <laughs> we've discussed Legally Blonde. We've discussed 13 Going on 30. And now we've just discussed Mean Girls. I love this, and I can't wait till we do Bring It On and we can complete the quad. Are you going to hate me if I tell you I've never seen that music video? That's shocking. I have no what? idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't really listen to Ariana Grande. That music video went viral. Like, I think people who aren't even a fan have seen it. Because she recreates so many iconic scenes from these movies. I think I got to rewatch it then. I definitely got to rewatch it. <laughs> Listeners, we want to hear your thoughts. What do you think about this Ariana Grande music video? Did you like Mean Girls? What is your favorite quote from it? Who do you relate to more, Regina or Katie? Make sure to slide into our DMs at Cute. Again, guys, I'm Kendra. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Ken10Hollywood. Yes, and I've been Mercedes. You can find me at MercedesGV11 on IG, Twitter, and TikTok. And if you love Mean Girls, you'll love Meet Cute's new series, Mall Brats. So follow Meet Cute wherever you listen to podcasts and follow Meet Cute on socials everywhere. Bye, everyone. We'll see you next week. Woohoo!